0: We are uh, in this series um, called Jesus' Stories. And we've been walking through the book of Luke. And this last week, we were reading together chapters 11 and 12. And this next week, uh, we're reading chapters 13 and 14. And um, as I was listening to uh, Ben's message last week, uh, um, I loved how he said that in preparation, he just kept listening to those two chapters over and over and it's just a reminder that sometimes when you teach or you preach you get much more out of the message cuz you are you're in it. And so part of our desire by having you read the chapters before we get to Sunday like this last week chapters 11 and 12 and this next week 13 and 14 is maybe you would read it over and over and over again and allow God's Spirit to teach you about Jesus, and who He is, and what He did, and and, and so that you come in more uh, with with your wealth fuller than just hearing from me and what I think is important out of these, these chapters. So the question, or what we want to start out with today, is that as we talk about being disciples, being one who um, wants to be like Jesus, wants to be with Jesus, wants to do what Jesus did, one of the things that we can find out about a disciple is if a disciple gets stuck on something, a good disciple asks for help. I mean, if you see your rabbi doing something or he says something and, and, and you don't get it, you want to ask questions. I mean, you want to find out, so why why did you do this? Or why did you do it that way? Or why did this happen for you? So a good disciple asks for questions. And so as we step into Luke chapter 11, we're going to start with verse 1. And we're going to see that uh, the disciples have been experiencing time with Jesus. And even as we saw in the last two chapters, they were sent out. But here's what they did and what they asked of Jesus. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Now, this is familiar for most of us, especially if you grew up in the church, because this is where the Lord's Prayer comes from. Now, naturally, our Lord's Prayer has gotten longer. They've added some things to it, and it's all good things, but... uh, I think Jesus' intention here by giving these words to his disciples was less about just recite this, memorize and recite it every day, and you're good. And I think it has more to do with, here's an outline or a template for you to consider as you are praying. And so... I'm just going to walk through this outline real quick, not going to dive super deep into any one part because there's some other things I want to touch on here in chapter 11. So, Jesus is asked or said, Teach us to pray. And the first thing, he says, Father, hallowed be your name. This is adoration. Um, this is where praise and worship comes in. It's acknowledging, even before we begin anything else, that. God is holy. It's it's what we were doing here, worshiping and singing together. But worship is more than just singing. Worship is speaking forth adoration or speaking out God's name and praising His name. Then it's your kingdom come. This is all about surrender. It's Jesus is a king and He's king over a kingdom. And so when we say your kingdom come, basically what I'm saying is, I'm surrendering myself to your kingdom, whatever kingdom I may be trying to build. I'm surrendering it to your kingdom. So if I if I've got all these goals and these plans, I'm going to be you know climbing the ladder career wise, and I'm going to you know I'm going to be successful and have all this stuff. All that is good, and it's it, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But we surrender our kingdom to the values and what is important in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. This is about provision. This is about um, God providing our daily needs. Now notice here that Jesus doesn't, doesn't tell you to pray for the next week or the next month or, or the next year. It's like, okay, today, give me what I need today. And it's what you need to live. It's not about give me a bigger car, or a bigger house, or whatever it may be. It's give me what I need, my provision for today. Don't, don't worry about all that other stuff, okay? We, we see in other places in Scripture where Jesus says, seek my kingdom, and all this other stuff will be taken care of. So it, that's provision, praying for provision, Then Jesus says, forgive us our sins, for we will also forgive everyone who sins against us. This is, in essence, confession. Um, It's asking Jesus to forgive our sins, but it is also acknowledging that we sin and others sin against us. So this, this is important, because hopefully, when we go, God, forgive me of my sins... The Holy Spirit reminds us of a way somebody has offended me or hurt me, and then I go, oh, and I forgive that person for hurting me. You see, those two go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Forgiveness comes with confession. I, I confess my sin, I've done wrong, but also I will forgive those who offend me. And then the last part is and lead us not in temptation. I call this deliverance. It's it's really asking God to deliver us from temptation, to protect us, to keep us away from anything that could cause us to wander off. Now, this is a simple outline and you can, you know, you can just write it down and when you're doing your prayer, you can kind of go through this. Now, there are a couple of really fun acronyms that are around this prayer stuff. And so, here they are. One is pray and That represents praise, repent, ask, yield. And then the other one is acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So you can kind of see them on the screen. So again, it's just kind of an outline to use. You spend some time in praise, repent, ask, whatever you got going on, and then yield, surrender it to the Lord. Or acts, adoration, again, praise, confession, again, that's repentant, thanksgiving, it adds, do this all with thanksgiving, and then supplication are the things that we ask. These are this is just a simple tool. In other words, Jesus is saying here. Here's an outline to follow when you're praying. You cover all your bases right here. That's simple. Now, next, Jesus tells a story. Now, often when Jesus tells a story, he tells that story to help illustrate something, some kind of point. So whether it's a story or a parable usually there's one main point that Jesus is trying to get across as he tells this story. Sometimes there may be some sub-points or some other things, but what you do when you read a story that Jesus is telling or a parable, you try to look for the one point. And it usually it is, that one point is in reference to the context of what Jesus is talking about there. So Luke chapter 11, in verse 5, Jesus begins to tell this story. He says, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on journey has come to me, and I have no food for him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother. The door is already locked, and my children are in bed, I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Now, this is always one of those, you know, verses that or stories you're just like, what? What is Jesus trying to tell me here? So, does that mean that... That that God's not going to answer my prayer because He loves me? He's going to answer my prayer because I'm shamelessly audacious in my praying? I don't know. I was hoping maybe that some of you would have an answer, because you read this this week, right? And the Holy Spirit spoke to you and gave you an... Okay. Shameless audacity is prayer without concern for one's own dignity. Now, who gets up in the middle of the night and pounds on a neighbor's door for some bread? Someone who is desperate. There's a story in the Old Testament of a woman named Hannah. Hannah had no children. And in that culture, a woman's identity was all around bearing children, especially bearing male children. She's at the temple, and as the story goes, she's in deep anguish, and she's crying out bitterly. She is in the temple, praying to God with shameless audacity, because she is desperate. The priest sees her, and goes, ooh, she must be drunk. I mean, think about that. Being so desperate that you are praying with shameless audacity. And here's another thought as I was reading through this story, one of those sub-thoughts that I talked about Notice here that the man isn't knocking on the door for bread because he is hungry. He's knocking on the door because he has some people coming and they are hungry. And so it got me wondering if Maybe part of what Jesus is telling us is that maybe there are times when we need to be praying with desperate prayer for somebody else's need. You see, I'm going to be straight up with you, okay? Most, okay? There's probably only been a couple of times in my life when I prayed desperate prayer, and it's all been about me. I. I hate to confess this, but I, I can't remember praying with desperation for somebody else. I mean, I've cried out for my kids because of things. That, yeah, I mean, so that 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 stuff is there. But what, what about outside of my family unit, somebody? Jesus continues to teach on prayer as we look at verse 9. He says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. The ask and seek and knock verbs are in the present active imperative mood and tense and what that really means is that the action of asking and seeking knocking is happening now and it's not complete so the sense is ask and keep on asking seek and keep on seeking and knock and keep on knocking don't don't stop it, it's not a one time deal don't stop and the imperative is a command so it's not not like Jesus is making a suggestion hey if you feel like it, ask and keep on asking. Jesus is saying, ask, seek, knock, and then when you think you've done it enough, ask some more. And in verse 9 where it it says, and everyone who uh, asks receives, and then they find and they knock, that's future passive means it's going to come, but it's in this indicative mood, which means it's a guarantee. It's it's gonna come. Now I know that's saying a lot. It's like what, Brad? You whatever you ask for, you're gonna get. Well, who is Jesus talking to in this spot? Verse one. Who's Jesus talking to? The disciples. Right, These are people who already have surrendered everything and say, I follow you. Jesus right now isn't talking to the crowd. Remember the crowd? They come to get from Jesus. And as soon as Jesus says anything hard, they leave. This is those who have who are with Jesus. They've been with Him in the good. They've been with Him in the hard stuff. These are the ones that were, were sent out, remember, in chapters 9 and 10, the 12 and the 72. This is who Jesus is talking to. These are people who have surrendered everything already. And we have to take that into consideration. So here we have Jesus teaching on prayer. So, Jesus has a template, an outline that we've kind of gone through, and He's told a story about asking with shameless audacity, and He's told us to be persistent, but there's one more thing I want us to notice about prayer. Verse 11 says, which of you fathers, if your son asks you for fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for egg, will give, you, give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Here, Jesus wants us to know a little bit about the character of the Father. Our Heavenly Father, He is good. He is good. And when you come to Him and you ask and you seek and you knock and you come sometimes with this, you know, this audaciousness where you're not praying the white right words in the right order or you You're all emotional and you're crying. Whatever it may be, know this. Your Father in heaven is good and He already knows what you need. And then Jesus adds this little thing onto the end of this. He says, How much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. There's something we need to know about Luke. Luke who wrote the gospel of Luke, but also wrote Acts. In Luke, he mentions the Holy Spirit more in Luke than any of the other gospel writers. The Holy Spirit is a theme for Luke. He, he wants us to know that the Holy Spirit is an important thing. Acts Acts is all about the Holy Spirit. He, he wants us to know the Holy Spirit is an important thing. We, we talked about this when we talked about Jesus' baptism. The Holy Spirit came upon him. He was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is all over this thing. Luke traveled with Paul on most of his journeys. Luke saw the Holy Spirit at work. Luke knows that whatever we're talking about here, the Holy Spirit has an important role. So, I want us to put this all together, all right? Again, the request teaches how to pray. Jesus gives them an outline. It's a template. We've already gone through that. Then there's a story about shameless audacity, praying. Then there's a command, and that command is to be persistent. Then there's a promise that the Heavenly Father, He has good gifts. And then it's give the Holy Spirit to those who ask now could there be a theme that is tying all this together could there be something that Jesus wants to take us away wants us to take away from this this is what I wrote down this morning as I was going through the message and thinking about how to conclude this what would it be like if we prayed persistently and with shameless audacity for God to give us the Holy Spirit because we have neighbors and coworkers and friends and family who have arrived on our doorsteps and they need Jesus let's pray